Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. If you want the never-ending story to continue because it literally never ends, then I've got good news for you because we've reviewed the never-ending story to the next chapter over on Cinema Swirl, our exclusive monthly bonus show on the Patreon for $5 backers where Kevin and I review bad movies. If you want to find out more and you want to hear that, it's available right now. Plus 53 previous episodes, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! It was plundered for sticks. It's episode number 106, coming to you from the scant forest of Hollywood, California, where they cut down all the trees so they could build another movie or hundred. It's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, charting the arboreal course with my OTP, Sam Chaplin. Hello. I understood most of the words until that last one. Arboreal. Arboreal. Oh, I like that. Tree dwelling. Yes, arboreal. I was in like Arboretum. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Very good. I mean, look, it's easy for me to say, oh, the background is a while ago. No, no, no. I've lived beside two arboretums in my day. So, you know, you pick up a thing or two when you live near the trees. Yeah. Sticks. (laughs) Sticks. Nine, six. Pick up sticks. Yes. And today is a very special episode, Sam. And I believe it will be the last ever episode of <laughs> Cinema Swirl because we're about to watch the never ending story. Yeah. Now, immediately, I think we've fallen at the first hurdle here because presumably it is still ongoing and I wasn't there when it started. So. You missed out. I have to get on this train late while it's still moving? Are you for real right now? Through the stations. What, what am I going to do? It's, it's never ending. It's going on forever. Yeah, I don't understand how this would work. It doesn't make any sense. I wish I could come to you folks here, listeners of our podcast, 106 episodes in, and I've got something to give you or offer you more in this first part than him and I making a lot of jokes <laughs> about the title of this movie. But I think it's safe to say that both of us are probably slightly more excited about that than the actual movie itself, which you told me before we started, you haven't got a blues clue about this one. I don't know much about it. I don't even know the runtime because famously it's not finished yet. So <laughs> I don't, don't know. Okay, I think I know something about this though. What do you know about this? All right, I'm going to say a description here of a, a mm. character, I guess. Oh, I think I might know this because this may have been referenced on a previous episode. Mm. This is Chaplin-centric, is it not? Yes. So I, I'm going to say Dragon Dog type figure, <laughs> is, I think, is in this. Now, Dragon Dog's obviously Sam and I's new street gang <laughs> that we formed after the Fizzy Bastards. Yes. Dra- they became too heavy and well-known and we couldn't support them. The, the mass was so great. So we're the Dragon Dogs now. But yeah. uh, what do you mean by a Dragon Dog vis-a-vis a story that never ends? A leather jacket with Dragon Dogs on the back of it. I wouldn't Ooh. be I wouldn't be mad about that. It's like a, a kind of Dragon Dog. Like if you imagine like a right. dog and a dragon, put those two together, you know, in the, God, in the kind of the price has- Smelly and big will those shits be? Because <laughs> huh? dragons famously smell and dogs famously 
famously do a shit. Yeah. Whole, whole lot of shit. So I know about this because when I was a younger man and I had long hair. You did have long I hair. I did have long I hair. Imagine that, Sam Chapman with long hair. Because when I met you, that was just after you chopped it off, if I recall. And you did get a bit of length. Yeah. But you never became a long-haired man again. No, not like long, long. Like my, my hair varies in length, but that you, you met me sort of immediately after a radical change in my appearance. Yes. Like I just had over the summer transformed and that included yes, removing I, my I hair. Yes, I met Sam right after he had shed both his dragon and dog parts of his, <laughs> of his form. But before that, a friend from the Comedy Society had at one point sort of got on my back and shoulders and I, and I can't remember the name that he but he was re- referring to this dragon dog and I, the implication being that I looked a bit like the dragon dog I want to say Hodor but I know it's not Hodor but it's, it's like not Hodor summit like that you know like give me a, an educated guess if it helps you can draw bring up a picture of the person who rode you and imagine <laughs> it coming out of their face Dre 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 Dragor? Dragor? Wodor? Wodor? Wodor is quite close to Hodor. We can agree with that, right? It's got door in it, I think. Door? Uh, Sam, look, I know it's the never ending story, but I famously don't have never ending patience. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was waiting for to use that one. I've been waiting 106 episodes. (laughs) And you knew in this episode that I would say something that would try your patience. I really hope you don't try it in a much funnier way later on, because then I feel I've (laughs) I've wasted that now. I'm worried about wasting some of my good ones now early doors. I don't know the name, but it feels sort of fantasy-y. I mean, it's a a fucking dragon dog, so of course it's got like a fantasy name, but I can't remember what it was. And when you talk about fantasy, are there any other movies that we maybe have done in our 105 previous episodes that you think this might bear some similarity to because i think fantasy is a genre we're all familiar with but i'd be lying if i said that there's a litany of fantasy movies outside of a certain trilogy that is not allowed to be named now because of an nda that i signed with sam prior to starting the the this series uh, in earnest again I don't think it's like those boys who went through the Shire, you know. I don't think it's that yeah. sort of thing. I wonder if it's closer in tone to the Princess Bride, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And you had a good time with the Princess Bride, right? Because forgive me, Princess Bride's one of those movies that I love so much that, like, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if your reaction to it has stuck with me enough, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I just, like, I think of it, I just think of pure joy forever but i'm pretty sure you gave it like four right you gave it a good rating i think i was positive about about that yeah and i'm not fully resistant to fantasy at all i feel like this is an adventure romp maybe romp maybe romp yeah kids teens adults or the wacky 80s mix of all three that seem to happen all the time a family film I think. A family film. I think we're heading into a family film. You know, even Granny at the back can enjoy that. With a few jokes for Dad, eh? (laughs) By which I mean, is there nudity? That's what I'm asking. Something for Dad. Something to get him driving the kids to the cinema. Actually, you know what? No, 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 no. Let's let's retcon that, because if we say something for Dad, you're probably at home now thinking about your smelly dad, thinking Mm. that he's a pervert. Yeah. That's why we use the phrase, one for the dads. Yes. Laurel. 
And then it's a shared shame amongst all the smelly dads. Yeah. So we don't have to think about... uh, In those situations, I think about your dad instead of mine, if I'm honest. Yeah, sure. It's easier that way. You can have a go on my dad if you want to in the same scenario. No, it's fine. If that makes it easier for you, you, I'm I'm happy for you to... Use my dad now, that now, way. Sam, with my famous ending patience, you should yeah. know to take me up on my offer to think about my dad thinking okay. about boobs when I offer it to you. I'll think about your dad thinking about boobs. Good. Yes, we from did. here on out. We're synced up now. We did it at the same time. We got right. it. Yeah, we both had that thought. Right. I don't think that... Right. I don't think there's going to be nudity in this. <laughs> okay. Unless we're talking about the dragon dog, because it's, like dogs are mostly nude, right? Yeah, they don't usually wear pants, do they? (laughs) Right. The other day, I was thinking about how funny it would be if Stanley wore some little swimming shorts. (laughs) I just thought that. Because it's summer. It's summer. And he's he's a hot dog. No, we're not going to. And he doesn't like wearing things. But I thought... The thing is, but like, I'm saying this with a big smile on my face because Stanley's obviously lovely. But I've got fucking six years of animal welfare and a job title that makes me say, I can't. No. Good conscience. No. No, no, no. I know it's cute, but the cuteness begets the pain. No, it's it's not happening. But I did Google sausage dog wearing swim shorts. And there is a picture of a sausage dog wearing swim shorts, but there's a a, a hole for the for the willy. But it it recon- oh. it recontextualizes the dog willy to make it look like it's suddenly really rude and strange. To, you know when you see like a dog and it's it's dicks there and it's like in fine the, in it's the a dog. same way that like socks, you know, could <laughs> emphasize a phallus. You know what I mean? Yes. I think it's just. On its own, it's one thing, but with a small item of clothing kind of highlighting it almost, providing a, a bold underline almost. Yeah, because the willy was like coming out of shorts, it it made it so much worse that that was there. Anyway, so the the, the dragon dog, I assume, will be nude. But that, I don't know why we're, oh, we're talking about dads. Somebody I from do, the dads. I, yeah, we're yeah, talking about yeah, dads, yeah. and then we started talking about dogs. Yes. <laughs> I think this was released in the mid to late 80s, is my guess. Yeah, that's a fair guess. 84. 84. That's where we're at. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, so the effects will be practical, which is exciting. I do like some some of that sort of stuff. Are you I expecting don't... laughs along the way? Is that is that built in mm. with a family movie? Yeah, a few chuckles along the way. I, I don't know if anyone famous is in this. I, I don't know who's behind who's like involved in it at all. I don't know. Like is this a is this a big, big movie? Is this like a success? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is this is big. This is huge. Like this is one that I've actually had a lot of I've had a lot of private correspondence from people being like, when's Sam going to watch The NeverEnding Story? Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be lying if I told you this was like my movie growing up. I remember watching this one primarily with my brother and his friends when they were like, you know, 9, 10, and I would yeah. have been like, you know, 5 or 6. I don't think I've seen this since I've been a man okay. or an older boy. Yeah. So I think this is going to be my first watch of this in around about 25 to 30 years so I think anything I say right now with regards to its quality would be taken with a pinch of salt. That being said, I think there's enough here to fill your boots. We've got some practical effects. Yeah. We have big Hollywood budget. Yeah. There will definitely be faces that will be familiar to your eye and voices familiar to your ear. Okay. And I do think it, generally speaking, it's one of these movies that can't help but impart a bit of a sense of wonder. But that being said, wonder from the 80s tends to be a kind of brand of wonder that Mm. doesn't go down particularly well in the Sam Chaplin household, if I'm being frankly honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, you're not. There's been a, something of a track record of these 80s films Bang, being a bit tricky. Bangs you a little bit sometimes, yeah. But I'm going in with a an open mind and an open heart. I'll tell you what I've had. Well, obviously, if you're Googling pictures of sausage dogs in shorts, you've got a very open mind. As open as that dog's britches by the sounds of things. <laughs> I, and this is weird, but I would encourage the listeners at home to Google the same thing that I Googled. No, um, I'm giving you all a never-ending warning right now. <laughs> you are not to do that. That is absolutely not something you should start doing. Don't put your dog in shorts, but now that that's happened, I think, just take a look. You're on the top of a slippery slope here is all I'm saying. Okay. That's, that's, right. You're virgin there now, you know? I'm not encouraging it. I'm not, I'm not you know... But a suggestion is basically encouragement's lame best friends, though, isn't it? <laughs> I was just looking at him, and it was summer, and I thought it would be funny if he had little shorts on. Like, it would be really funny. <laughs> you know what they need? They need one of those special, like, filters now, so you can film your dog, yeah, and, and it will, like, put pants on. over him. <laughs> um, so, right, what happened to me while we were talking was that I had something of a melodic flash in my mind. Ooh, yeah. A, a musical flash mm. of potential music from this that I think I might have oh, heard okay. somewhere. I'm going to try and well, see if I can... We have iconic music in this, so let's let's have a listen. I don't know the whole thing. How, how would you know this? Well, I feel like I've heard the... The name of the film sung melodically before. Okay. Uh, uh, let, me, let me give it a go. <laughs> Here we go. Never ending story. It's the story. I think it goes up. Story. Right, so less of a, less of a tune and more of an inflection you've got going on well, there. The, uh, it's a never ending story. Story. It's going up. It's going up. I think, I think his hand is moving with a rate of knots, Story. folks. Yeah, my voice is not moving with a rate of knots. That was that, not, that was a rough go, but I think is that uh, you. You're giving me a look of like he's not got a clue. This is absolute nonsense. I mean, and not you're making relevant. me feel like I don't have a clue at this point. <laughs> you know, I'm making you less knowledgeable about this. Film. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Like I've, I've I've got. I'll be honest. I've got. A loose, tethery grasp mm. here at best. Okay. You know, I don't I don't trust the faded memories <laughs> of a prepubescent Kevin Mann. Yeah. But I do think that you're going to have a good time with this. I will stake my claim with a giant asterisk, though, because after the last episode, They Live, I clearly don't know what the fuck you like. Yes. Now, Kevin, we've all had a laugh, and we're all... We have. We're all game for a giggle famously. Famously, However, yes. However... If we if we're to put jokes aside for a second, and I don't, can you do that for me? Can we just pop the jokes to one side for a minute, maybe? Okay, hang on. I have a few over here. Yeah. Uh, I just so you know, one of the things I've been in the back of my mind this whole pre-swirl. Yeah. Joe really wants to find out if you've seen Bend It Like Beckham, and I was trying to work that into like never bending, never. You know, I, never it's bending all right. story. <laughs> If I come back with something like, you know, something like that in the second part, you'll know it's yeah. good. Have you seen Bend It Like Beckham? No, no. Okay, interesting, interesting. But if we put jokes aside for a second, we just put those to They're one side. They're over there. This film called The NeverEnding Story will ultimately have to end. I know that I know that it is a theatrically released feature film. There will be an ending. And yeah, in the sense that we all die. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The heat death of the universe. Okay. No, I, I know, I know, look, we... 
look, if we're honest, we know that this is a film with a start and an end. Imagine the pressure on a writer or filmmaker to create an ending for a film that you know is called The NeverEnding Story. I'm fascinated by how this actually finishes, like how you round this out. How would you finish a story called The NeverEnding Story? Because me, I'd be lying on those ellipses real heavily. Three words, to be continued. (laughs) (laughs) Three words, three dots. Three words for you. Life is movie. And then it's, (laughs) oh, you're leaving now. And everything good that happens to you, give the director a thumbs up, eh? Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, bring the screen up and bring a mirror down, yeah? So that... Oh! Yeah. yeah. What's this movie say about you? (laughs) (laughs) You know that Time Magazine person of the year where, like, YouTube won, but the winner was like, you! And it, it, like, reflected back on the reader's face. That's what I want to do. Yeah, because we were all important in that, wasn't it? The the people who were working, making the content, editing it, you know, navigating the interface, working with the ever-changing algorithm, and those of us who watched a man throw up some hot dogs, we were all there together, hand-in-hand, equally responsible and deserving of the praise for the hard work. Yes. So I'm, I'm curious and excited about the never-ending story but i, I, well, I, I hope oh. it finishes in time for me to have my tea because if it's bloody never-ending uh, <laughs> have we have we got anything in that never-ending mailbag well let, let's take a trip to the mailbag Welcome to the end of the mailbag. This is the last ever. No, 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 no. Do send them in. Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Thank you for your correspondence. This message comes in from Matt. Hey, guys. My name is Matt from North Wales. I've been a listener of your podcast for roughly eight years. Thank you, Matt, for your... Hey! Oh! Hey! Matt says, I've just started re-listening to all of your episodes uh, and some lovely praise there. Anyways, I was wondering when you were going to be doing an episode on Star Wars The Force Awakens. The episodes on the original trilogy are my favourites, and Sam's reaction on all episodes is priceless, and I think that Sam will thoroughly enjoy the latest Star Wars trilogy. Keep up the great work from Matt. Now, this seems to be the film, and indeed trilogy, that keeps coming up as a request. The interesting factors here are that this very much falls outside of the remit of Cinema Swirl. Now, of which now there's a few different movies that have fallen into this strange nether for one reason or another. The factors are as follows. One, I've seen them all. (laughs) I have seen all of the new Star Warses. Yeah. Did you see? You saw them when they came out. Yeah. Have you seen them since? No. Okay. Just okay. Thought, no, not saying no, that's no, a that, reason one yeah. way or the other, but I just wanted to know that. I've only seen them upon release, upon the cinema, and not beyond that. The second factor is that they all came out after the origin of Cinema Swirl. And that's usually our, our rule for Cinema Swirl is that it's movies pre this series starting. Yes, and it has. We've kept that up across the board. Now we're coming up. To, I mean, Matt mentioned being a listener for eight years. We're coming up to nearly, as of next year, a decade of, of Cinema Swirl, Ow, which is really wild to think about. <laughs> but could the goalposts ever shift? Because here's another question as yeah. well, folks, right? Is that we are finishing, because the next 10 we get to 
over yeah. on the uh, episode 60 will be, because we did the prequel trilogy for Cinema Swill for episodes yes. uh, 10, 20, and 30. Yeah. 40 and 50 were Hobbit 1 and Hobbit 2, and Hobbit 3 will be 60. Yes. Episode 70, we're lacking a trilogy. Yeah. I mean, that that's putting us quite far down the line, but it's coming up But to, also as well, yeah. folks, they'll take individual movies and they'll say, this one's a son of a gun, or this one is a great, great so-and-so. Yeah. But I feel as a trilogy as a whole, it's not yeah. necessarily easily described as one thing or the other no. as a success or a disaster what i would say given you know the popularity and success of our star wars episodes and indeed how i feel about star wars i would be interested to talk about them and watch them with you mm. what form that takes and how that sits within the cinema swirl extended universe is another conversation, and arguably the conversation we might be having now, but w- I think we can have that. That can be a dialogue with our listeners, I would say. I think that's you a know? dialogue. What I'll yeah. need to see is, I'll need to see better suggestions <laughs> for another trilogy to do for our, our big number 10 episodes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Where are we going to go from Lord of the... Well, from The Hobbit. Yeah. Where do we go from there? It feels good to me because I think that over with the Cinema Swill series, yeah. even though it's people maybe sometimes get the wrong impression, particularly mm. those people who often joined up over on the Patreon page, they assume that because the movie's in there, we're like, ah, it's crap, and we're just going to talk about how crap it is. Yeah. But that series is about movies that have a backlash or have an element of failure to them, be it box office, be it critical, mm, yes. be it just regarded. And we've came across, I'd say out of the 15 or so that we've done, I think we've definitely come across at least 10 to 20 that we've really enjoyed. Yes, yeah. Yeah, in yeah. one way, there's, shape, or form. There's some diamonds in amongst that rough. Um, it's whether that Star Wars trilogy fits. But, I mean, some people fucking hate those new ones, don't they? They, they do. And I think that alone might give it credence to be there in the old uh, cinema swill. Well, yeah. I know as well, some people famously, much more than fun, love the rules. Yeah. And <laughs> if this falls outside the rules... I yes. don't know. What do you hate more, lack of fair play or the new Star Wars trilogy? Mm. It's another point in favour of there being a separate series that's just, let's fucking Whatever, watch man. this one. <laughs> 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 Which I think sometimes the cinema swell feed could be, you know. I, th- I, think- I think enough time has passed since Brexit. I think the listenership <laughs> is quite ready to be broken up again. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's shake things up. Let's shake it up. I think what we could perhaps say is that it more than likely wouldn't be a mainline cinema swirl no. episode. No, no. I'm, rule, I'm ruling that out. Maybe release later on as a little thank you for, for sure. joining us as we've done for a few uh, uh, years now. We've released an old Patreon episode. Yeah. But I think it does merit us chatting about. But we want to hear your brains. Yes. So cinemaswirl at gmail.com and or the socials. And all the socials. Yeah. Let and, us know uh, what you think. That will, let us know what you think. Yeah. Good idea, bad idea, or is the oft talk about third way away we could do it what is that you decide yes so thank you well, Matt. No, we'll 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 decide ultimately we you will know, have yeah. final say but but you can like talk about it and stuff yeah yeah hey yeah. guys yeah guys have a chat with us yeah come to us chat. with your ideas yeah we'll, we'll... Yeah, have a chat with us Thank you so much for your message, Matt. And let's that—that that was a thinker. That was good. Yeah. If, honestly, yeah. if that was the last ever mailbag question, I wouldn't be upset. 
And that is the ending of the mailbag. Thank you for no. Send more into Cinema Swirl. Send them in. Yes. Send them in. Send them in. Sam, yeah. I'm very excited to get going. I think this is a movie which will be a nice, uh, nice change of pace. I think after some of the recent types of movies, I'm in the mood. I think to see my OTP be spirited away with some whimsical adventure. Well, hold on, mate. What what film are we watching here? Are we watching Never End Story? Are we watching Spirited Away? Because I think Excuse those are two me now. different movies. Uh, Sam, I hope you're ready to ride the dragon dog of life. Yes. Let's go to Cinema <laughs> Swirl. Initial good reaction to the never-ending story. A pretty decent story. <laughs> and it does do the thing that I thought it did. It does. It does do it. It you does. Looked, you looked at me when I was singing that like I'd shot the bed or something. Like, you would, you would, it was very good. It was, a, it was a strong no-sell. What it was was that I was trying to figure out for the life of me how in the name of God... You oh, I knew that. It. Yeah. That's it. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh, I tried to be a Mr. Poker face here. Yeah. And that's why this is a podcast. I don't want anyone at home know what's going on here. You know, that's <laughs> it's the ultimate poker face, the podcast. And yeah. yeah, I was just kind of thinking to myself, how in the name of Sweet Jesus would he know a lyric to the song that's played at the start well, and at the end of this movie? Hold on, you say a lyric. I mean, the lyric is the title of the film. <laughs> So the, okay, all I knew fair. was never-ending story. I knew, I just knew that the bend of the when note, you were the being melody. Ridden during your Falcor days. <laughs> was that yes. being sung into your ear? Is that possibly um, it? It could have been. Yeah, I don't. Really, I've tried to block <laughs> block those days out. <laughs> Them dark Falcor days. Yeah, but no, I I don't know how that has sunk in, but it has, and I, I was glad to be vindicated by finding out that it it is the case. But yeah, my initial gut reaction is yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good, but I tried to sing that in song. You know what? I've realised now your initial gut reactions will, will never be heartbreaking if they're sung. Like, if you did no. a little sing-song for They Live, mm. as opposed to, yeah, big, notable silence that right. must not be erased by the editor, that's... Um, <clears throat> That you, maybe retrospectively, if we were to do a director's redux review of They Live, yeah. the podcast episode, you'd do a sing song. I, I think my feelings would be saved in future. For that, I'd go like this It was a good film. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I, I was thinking that perhaps all the sport and joy of this movie's title would be wasted in the pre-swirl. And I can't begin to tell you my excitement when the streaming service that I rented this movie mm. on kept crashing while I tried to start <laughs> watching it. it. Never stop. Are you ready story. for this? Are <laughs> you ready? Okay. More like never... Jesus! <laughs> Unbelievable! Sorry. Sorry. It's much better. All right, are you ready at home? Sink your gags <laughs> now. Never-ending story, more like the never-beginning story with all these crashes on the app. There we go. Sorry. I apologise for jumping in. Never-starting story. What's that <laughs> like? Everything has a beginning and a start. A start. No, an end. Right. No, a start, 
A start, a middle, and an end. Yeah. You remember that great Nolan movie, <laughs> Batman Starts? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, the, the thing that alerted me to this film probably being a good time was, firstly, the music, which I'll get to secondly. But first, right, how much of this is just you being delighted that you got the music right? Oh, a hundred percent. It was like I got the correct answer on, on a quiz. But in the credits, it's like Warner Brothers and Producers Sales Organization present. Excuse me. <laughs> what the fuck is that? The Producers Sales Organization present this film. Wow. What does that mean? It feels like the Producers Sales Organization is an organization that's solely designed to give rewards to producers and yeah. free dinners. That's dodgy. Uh, yeah. But that put me uh, in good stead, weirdly. And the music is great. It sounded sort of like Erasure or something to me. It had that kind of, yeah, 80s. There's a hopefulness to all the music in this movie. And I will say now and repeatedly throughout this review, the score of this movie is fan-fucking-tastic. It's so good. But I do have some qualms with the lyrics. I don't mean to sound like I'm going into a sort of Ed Byrne-style tirade or rant about some wrong oh, lyrics. Uh-oh, look out. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another one for the Sam Chaplin rant compilation. It's the answer to a never-ending story. Sorry, do you mean the never-ending question? You're not answering yeah. a story, are you? It's not... Oh. Mm, you know, when someone's yeah. like told you a story or you've seen a story, you don't go, oh, so what was the answer to that? What was the answer to that? The answer to an never-ending answer. That's the wrong. It's wrong. Maybe the anecdote to the never-ending story feels like a more appropriate thing yeah. to talk about. You it doesn't know. scan Anecdotes. lyrically, does it? It doesn't scan lyrically. No. no. Yeah, interesting that you know. Well, you know, when I, when I did stand-up comedy, I didn't like to tell jokes. I like to tell never-ending stories. Really, that was yeah. more of my more of my thing. And you didn't get heckles. You got answers to those. Exactly, it's awful. Imagine that if every story you told, someone was there ready with an answer yeah. to the non-question that was your story. It sounds like a fucking business speak, doesn't it? To be like, and how do we answer that story? How do we answer that customer journey? You know, how do we answer it? All the streaming services getting together, like content, the never-ending story. <laughs> how do we get to the answer of this age-old question? So, look, good start. Good music. Weird name of the producers who are involved in it. Fantastic. And... Good music, strange association, yeah. it's all going well so far. And we get our classic fantasy framing device. A little boy in a little boy's room waking up next to a book. Like, come on, we're, we're here now. We're in fantasy land. Yeah, I wrote down here, we open on a boy in the 1980s, yeah. which seems to very often be the way. <laughs> all to the, the extent that... If you were a young white boy in the 80s, you might have some sort of a preloaded entitlement to adventure and whimsy. Yeah. I'm not saying you'd be sitting expecting it, but you wouldn't be surprised if someone's like, there's a big adventure coming and only you, young white boy, <laughs> you're the key to this whole operation. Yeah, just like in Hollywood. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's because Hollywood has long been run by a secretive cabal of young boys who are just want to put themselves in movies all the time. Well, th- this film was produced by Warner Brothers and the Boys Sales Organization, so you know there that you actually they are behind it and they've got ulterior motives. This boy is called uh, Bastard or something. Ba- Bastion. Bastion is <laughs> this little bastard over here. Can I just say, Bastion is a very intense name for a yeah. child. 
That I mean that bast. That first syllable is bast. that's bast. You must bast. be Ned Stark's bastion. Like it's a real it's got yeah. some weight to it. Yeah. You know when that's been read out on the roll call in school, there's going to be a poignant pause either before or after that name yeah. is read out. Mm. You know? Like first day of school that's read out, every child's gonna turn to that bastion boy and size him <laughs> up and down. Yeah. Like that's a name that makes you turn. Yeah, it's like what they say on the first day of school, you go up to the most complicated name of the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and you square up to them <laughs> Bastion So we've got little boy Bastion And I mean the absolute dad aesthetic of this fucking business dad that he's got is incredible You know, the strong moustache, the balding pate It's just, and, and the suits ready for work He looked like kind of an evil version of my dad if I'm being honest <laughs> Yeah. And because my dad loves orange juice, but mm. he'd probably, if he was evil, he'd start blending eggs into it. What the fuck was that like? Making eggs. That's shown that he was just dead inside because that read very clearly to me like, oh, giving up on life, is it? You hoping that you'll be next after your wife? You're going to kill yourself with shit breakfast. Is that the idea? <laughs> I think maybe. Put yourself into an early grave. <laughs> maybe that's the implication. Like, for the never ending story, they're kind of rushing through some of the key bits here. Like, okay, we've got dad, the, he's had a dream about the mum. The mum's gone, very sad. But the dad is like, hey, son, just because your mother is dead, that's no excuse not to get the job done because I am harsh business dad and I don't understand feelings. Things, like the books that you read. Yeah, I was very uh, impressed by this definitely American yet somehow British dad. <laughs> he had the, the three-piece suit at breakfast, yeah. the notoriously stiff upper lip and expectation that his son will inherit said stiff upper lip despite mm. it being a recessive trait and the cold, cold, coldest ice parental touch. It was all here, really. At the end of the day, mate, when you're growing up, there comes a point where you've got to stop daydreaming, come down from the clouds and start facing your problems. You know, you've... And when your mum has died, that's usually... That's, <laughs> most socks get pulled up at that point, you know? Look, Bastion, just because your mother is dead doesn't mean that the dream of good numeracy in this household has to die. No. What's going on with your math test? You're drawing unicorns on it because you like horses. That's an established thing. And honestly, Dad at this point is pretty much sick to his back teeth of this never-ending stream of bullshit <laughs> excuses coming from his son. Never-ending bullshit. Right, now, Business Dad is there at the start to just... And that, you never see him again. That's all we see. No. Which is such a great appearance from that character. We then, and we've had kind of like Route 1 dad. We've now got some real classic Route 1 bullying here, which I, you know. Oh, yeah. Scott Farkas lives. <laughs> hey, it's the weirdo. You're dead, weirdo. Go in the garbage, weirdo. You know, if, if, you, were to, yeah. if you were to be bullied... Mm. I wouldn't say no to weirdo, you know, as a the term of derision. Because yeah. I feel that's quite an open source insult. You know, that's like Linux. You could build something out of that, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's an identity in the in the wings there. Weirdo. Weird it can be many number of things, but it's the one that really gets some mama's boy. Yeah. Oh, oh that's hard. Like he's anything but. And I don't need to spell it out for you. <laughs> Like, if you got a couple of shovels and a flashlight, I can give you the grim details of it, bullies. But, like, why why are they picking on him? Do they, and do they want money off him? Do they think that she's left something in the will to him or something like that? Like, I don't know. She left him a, t a tidy little packet. <laughs> Ridiculous. They put him in the bin, right? Which, again, <laughs> is like... 
quite quite funny bullying to be like get in the trash. Yeah. He gets out of the trash and they're just like, no, you gotta go. Sorry, mate. You're not allowed to get out of the trash, you've got to go back. He Bastion then runs away and hides in a dusty old bookshop. He's smelly. He's a coward. He's a weirdo. Like, good lord. He's not got much going for him at this point. I could see why the dad was as upset as he was. Even the bookshop owner is like, oh, fuck off, you weirdo. The video arcade is down the street. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love it. There's always a bit at the start of a movie in the 80s when it's to do with, like, kind of, you know, books or a whole other world Mm. where there has to be that first layer of, like, get out of here. You know, they, they can't just be like, oh, a customer. Thank fuck. No, it's like, go away. Oh, you like books, do you? And you know some of the names of the characters in the books. Well, come in, little boy. Let me talk to you. And then later on, the accountant is going through Mr. Caledonian's book uh, receipts here. And he's like, <laughs> things looked really good last week. What happened there, John? Oh, well, um, after I tried to scare the boy away, I actually invited him to come in and you know, look around the shop. That's a pretty, yeah. pretty good sales strategy. You know, I think you should pursue that. It really turned things around for the business. He, he makes some points here. He's like, okay, come in. Let's talk about books. And he's like, hey, kid, this book I'm reading, your books are, like, safe, man. This is some dangerous shit right here. This is like... Yeah, like, name ten books, little boy. Have you really read books? You know? And he's like, I've read Lord of the Rings. And he's like, it does. And it doesn't ah, come count. on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's that popular. It doesn't count. like... <laughs> Name 10 unsuccessful books, then we'll talk, yeah? This guy's name is Mr. Coriander, which is which is wonderful, because he's a... Uh, Wait, was it actually yeah. Mr. Coriander? Coriander. No, yeah. he's yes, not. Yes, yes, Coriander. He, while saying, here's this book that you shouldn't be allowed to touch or look at and read, goes to take a call, leaves the book there, Bastion falls into the obvious trap here and runs off with the book, but leaves... He leaves a little dorky note being like, don't worry, I'll come back with the book and I'll, I'll give you your book. Don't worry, no. I'll help come and save the struggling brick and mortar independent booksellers eventually. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. good, good, good promise there. Now, how were you feeling this was going to go down? Because I was wondering if you thought this would be a page master scenario where the little boy was going to open the book and then be oh. taken straight into it. I 100% thought boy gets sucked into the book. A thousand, I would have bet big on Boy Gets, you know, zapped into the book. But that's not You would have bet a thousand times. That's how sure you were. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> but Bastion finally makes it to school. He's late. And uh, he's like, oh, no, a math. Sorry, a math. Oh, no, a math test. So goes to his way of bunking off. He is a fucking weirdo because he's it's the nerdiest <laughs> bunking off you can do. Like, bunking off is cool. But he goes and bunks off in a dirty attic reading a book like a nerd. Boring. Oh, what an unsympathetic character. I hate him. You know what? I did have some sympathy for him, though, Sam, because this basically is what happens if you don't have a granddad and you want a Princess Bride oh. scenario. You end up just being in a dusty room instead of there being a dusty old man. This was basically my grandfatherless fate if I had opted to read as a child. And I'm glad I stayed away from that vice. <laughs> so we don't get him sucked into the book, but we do kind of instantly kind of cut to book content. Yeah, so he is in a sense sucked into the book. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In the way that with any good book, you are sucked into the book, you know? That's the point about literature, isn't it? That it's, you can just become a character in the story you see i don't know if i'm reading my books properly because i've not been featured in any of them really well towards the end at all you know 
It's interesting because, like, I guess with if you're reading a book, you're kind of picturing things from your own perspective. And what Bastion sees, the first thing he sees, is just like a bunch of weirdos sat around. So I guess it's kind of coming from his sort of weird... Because there's all these, like... I mean, the, the state of these lads here, there's, it's just a... Creatures in abundance, Sam. Yeah. And a bountiful yeah. abundance of creatures. They all look like characters from Zelda, don't they? They all look like they could be in the new oh, Zelda yeah. game. Especially the big bozo rock lad on his big rock tricycle thing. Uh, sorry, that is a rock biter who <laughs> sits down and starts... Anyone? Biting, biting rocks. rocks. Yes, yeah. very much so. There we go. A delicious looking limestone rock, please. Ugh. Ah, loves it. I don't know, honestly, if I'm if I'm gonna you know think about the rocks. I don't think limestone would be the tastiest. It's got lime in the name, though. I can't think of any other rocks that have got like tasty things in oh, the name. Oh, you bloody British! You love your limes, though, don't you? <laughs> Famously, Ooh. yeah. Ooh, we're going to we're going to kit out the East India Trading Company <laughs> with vitamins. Oh, are you now? Well. Good right. for some, I guess. Big question time then. What's the tastiest rock? You got to eat a rock. You've got to, mate. Otherwise, I'm putting you in the big bin. Okay, I've got one for you right now. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that a porous rock such as limestone couldn't be tasty. Mm. But that's basically like you're giving me an unseasoned chicken breast. There, you need to brine this bad boy. Yeah. So maybe if it's been given the correct preparation. But I, I submit to you that slate would actually, in oh. fact, be. Uh, the best one because more and more brittle rocks so if you yeah. have a chance of eating any of the rocks it's probably that one look at you english with your soft teeth i'd I, fucking I was... eat a whole plate of slate <laughs> you could see my face i was just balking at the idea of slate on the teeth you know biting into Whoa, slate what's the matter sam you lose one teeth and all of a sudden you lose your 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 what you lose your one tooth all of a sudden stones. you lose your appetite for eating rocks with your best mate kevin but i feel you could do a mille foie yeah. With uh, some oh, thinly he, sliced slate. Yeah, yeah. Layers. Yes. Layers, baby. Oh, I love a mille foie. It's uh, the, best, the best one of the little, you know, the little mini cakes that you can get. I yeah. absolutely love them. He's a rock biter and he's chatting and he's saying, look, I love biting rocks. But all my rocks back home have fucking gone missing, mate. There's a cost of rocks crisis. Like, it's Thatcher's Britain. All the rocks are going. She's closed down all the rocks. And all these other weirdos are like, oh, back in the West, the things that I like are going. And it's basically, there's this, the nothing is consuming all the stuff. And like, everything's sort of disappearing slowly. What is nothing then? Is it the the liberal elites? What is it? It's whatever you want to think the nothing is, yeah? Well, it's awful convenient, isn't it? Mm, yeah. The nothing is swallowing up the everything. And as this has been explained, we're like, oh, back in my hometown, things are disappearing. I could see the waypoints popping up on the fucking mini-map. I could feel <laughs> like, oh, I've got to go here and find out what's going on here. Big picture, though, Fantasia's fucked. Fantasia's fucked, yeah. And they've got to go and find the Empress, because they're like, oh, she'll... She'll sort all this out. Quick, get out of the way. The nothing is approaching. Let's go find the Empress. So off they go. There's a really fucking trippy visual of one of these lads. Yes. Like, Nighthob? Nighthob. Yes, Nighthob. With a pig bat. And there was also a, uh, a racing snail. Yes. Which went on to inspire the DreamWorks classic Turbo. Mm. Uh, I feel like there's been at least... 
12 derivative works from this movie I've already managed to point out in my head. Yeah. You know, it is, it's clearly a wellspring of a fountain of, of idealists because there's lots of stuff that they present in this movie that they don't really do a whole lot with because they want to give the sense of like limitless imagination and boundless lands and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So like a lot of these critters at the start you might think oh we're going on an adventure with the night hub no the night hub is basically dead now forget about him yeah there was no night hub ever night hub's nothing mate but we we see from night hub's perspective him with his pig bat night hub's at the diner <laughs> <Hammer for> the Fly into the Empress's zone. They've got like a tower. Did you catch the name of her tower that the Empress had? Big big magic tower. What is it? It was the Ivory Tower. I, oh. Now, I've been led to believe that those are bad. Yeah. Get down from your Ivory Tower. Oh, look at them up there now in their Ivory Tower, ruling us justly with the input of no. several citizens' uh, assemblies. But hey. No one says that. It's a fantasy, mate. So sometimes in fantasy, ivory towers can be good. And everyone loves the Empress. But a bloke comes out and is like, guys, sorry. The Empress is like basically fucking dying. The nothing is killing everything and there is no hope. I, I couldn't pay attention to any of that because there were too many interesting heads in that scene. The guy's like, oh. look, serious stuff. Guys go, yeah, that lad's basically just a head. He's got three of them. He's got one that's like merged in like it's been photoshopped. Yeah. That was great. Oh, great. Yeah, heads everywhere. Absolute head fest over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any kind you can imagine. They're all there. Empress is ill. We're all fucked. The nothing is coming to get us all. There is but one hope left in our land. And here's Who a, can it be? He's a warrior who should be hunting purple buffalo or something. And his name is Atreyu. And we need Atreyu. Now, did, did you pick up, it seemed to strongly imply going from Treyu to back to Bastion, where he had like a Native American print or picture or something like that, was... Was he meant to be, like, a Native American-inspired boy? Was that it? I didn't really put two and two together there. I just kind of went along with it. But there's probably something in that. Let me tell you, Atreyu is many things, but he's he's not really great at acting, bless him. He's this okay. fucking kid. <laughs> Oh, shut up. Oh, my God. Kill the Empress already. End it. End the never end. Stop. I was like, I was like, what's wrong with Bastion? He's right there. He's sucking into the book sucking already. in. Get him. Come on. Now we've got Atreyu, who is also a little boy. It's a little boy. Everyone's like, a boy? And they're like, no, boy, a wait. Boy? Come come save the day. And this is the point when in the cinema, you turn to your mum and dad and be like, I'm always saying that like little boys should be getting more of a crack at things. And I think that it's brave of them to say so. Why isn't there a little boy president? There should be a little boy thought, president. Food for thought, mum and dad. Food for thought, like, you know. So he needs to go, and basically just sent off, all right, mate, go find a cure and save the world. No pressure. There is a, an aimlessness to yeah. this in some respects, which I was wondering at the start of this, I was thinking, oh God, I'm not sure if Sam's going to like that fact that it's literally just, uh, like the, I think the narrator literally says, oh, they kind of adventured Began around a little bit for a, a, a couple of days, like yeah. just looking to see if they could yeah. find a cure for the disease they don't understand. But then it probably struck me, 
it promptly then struck me, which was unlike, a, say, a Lord of the Rings mm. or whatever, where there's loads of, hey, this is the place and this is the thing, etc., etc. You didn't have a lot of that baggage no. to carry around with you. So it was probably more of a, a light jaunt through Fantasia than a slog to Mount Doom. You know what this film has a lot of? What's that? Vibes. It's just coasting on vibes. vibes What's that even mean? We're just like going from place to place, just catching the vibes, you know? That and I like that. Look, no, no, no. I refuse to accept that word because that word can be used at married at first sight to mean literally anything. You can be sat down on the couch about to divorce your wife mm. and they go, What is it with the vibes though, guys? And then, then straight away it's it's and then you can come back another time and be all in love and they go, I'm sensing some vibes <laughs> here, guys. You know, I'm not saying that the term has never had meaning. It did at one point. Yeah. But it's since lost that. Sure. What's the same thing happened to gaslighting in the next five years? Well, yeah. I think we're already on the way with that one, pretty, actually. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> you knocked over my drink, you gaslighting fucker. <laughs> I just wasn't feeling its vibes. Um, so, Atreo, <laughs> yeah, he's on his aimless mission literally just wandering around but at the same time a creature of darkness also begins oh, I his love this quest creature. what's he called sam well he's a green-eyed wolf thing and his name is gamork and gamork gamork to you kevin uh gamork to gamork. everyone listening at home uh gamork to you gamork gamork ah oh, it's that's fun to say gamork i like it the threat of the gamork was not <laughs> one that was a constant presence in my in well, my thoughts during this movie good <laughs> barely barely there. once you realize that the puppetry is not at the level to do a full no. fucking wolf you're like he's going to be in a cave going yeah for like one other scene that's it but as well as the mission being aimless gamork is kind of just like oh and also there's this fucking wolf thing i guess let's just sit it's just like throwing things together seeing what happens but again it's about the vibes and you just feel it and you just see where it goes man it's not a big deal that we we, the, we don't see some places so we, we don't see the silver mountains we don't see the yep. desert of shattered hopes we don't see the crystal, we don't see the crystal towers. I was hoping to honeymoon in the crystal towers, but they only had space in the desert of hopelessness. So that was, um, you know, what can you do? Those locations all sound quite expensive, but what we do have yeah. money for in the budget is uh, let me just check this, check the notes here. The swamps of sadness. Oh, okay, yeah, we can do sad, that. Yeah, sad swamps. Can we, we can do that? Sad a, day, a day trip to the swamps of sadness. You yeah. have a, a, a seven a.m. start, but they pick you up at your hotel, and they'll take you directly to the swamps of sadness. <laughs> yeah, and you get around half a day there to kind of go around the swamps of sadness yourself, see what you like, check out the vibes. You know, on The Apprentice, where they have to do like a, a tour guide type situation. <laughs> If they went for like the cheapest one, they'd go for the swamps. Yeah, the swamps of sadness. Yeah, we could just like give some some facts about the swamps of sadness, and it'll be fine. Actually, no, Lord Sugar. I said early on that I thought the swamps of sadness were actually quite sad, and that it would not be a good idea to do the tour on Mother's Day through the swamps of sadness. I was pushing for the Silver Mountains, Lord Sugar. I was. You fucking weren't. You agreed on the swamps of sadness. <laughs> You're a liar and an adulterer. They're rolling through the swamps of sadness. Trying to find... Oh, no, they brought the wrong shoes for it. <laughs> you mean, like... What What are the best shoes for the Swamps of Sadness? Like clown shoes. They're quite I mean, happy, I suppose. <laughs> I would I would say you'd want something... You'd want a welly on you, is all I'd yeah, say. Yeah, you know? yeah, You'd want a welly on you. And I'd say you'd probably want to whack a few wellies on your horse as well. <laughs> this fucking... Right, let me, let me tell you something. Okay. Yeah. Well, the only thing I remembered from this movie, ultimately, in the years since, was everyone insisting to me that this horse 
getting trapped here in the mire and the sludge is the saddest thing that's ever happened ever. We've known this horse for four fucking yeah. minutes. I'm on your four. side here. This horse, look, I like horses. They're great. Yeah, this guy's too melancholy. You can't even make it through the swamp of sadness. <laughs> this miserable... How do, you get, how do you get through the desert of hopelessness and you stumble into <laughs> the swamp of sadness? What the fuck? <laughs> this horse, we, we don't know. We don't know this horse. We're barely introduced to him. And he's a fucking misery guts because immediately... Immediately down he goes, and he won't cheer up. Atreus doing like funny dances. He's telling jokes. He's trying he's everything. Like, yeah, he goes through stuff. literally the entire range that this child actor is able to do. One second he's like, "You gotta get up, you gotta do," it. and there's a like, "God damn it, you stupid melancholy horse! You told me you were whimsical. Get your long face ass out of this goddamn muck right this second. You gotta get out of it, Rock. He is, he is a sad horse and too mm. sad." for this world. And I'll tell you right now, I'm glad that he died. <laughs> a fucking rubbish, not fit for purpose horse. Good riddance to bad horse. Exactly. You telling me this horse, if it somehow made it through the swamps of sadness, them sphinxes later on would have fucking yeah. cooked this lad in a second. Look, actually for a horse, he has literally fallen at the first hurdle. And I think he that's has. for the best. At least he had the dignity to bury himself when he died. It's the only good thing he did all movie. The only way he lightened the load of our hero. Uh, is that considered like an iconic scene? That horse just it is, sinking yeah, down. It's, it's like the, the saddest thing ever. I think what's sad about it is just like it does. It, it happens so soon and so yeah. out of the blue that that's probably why it stuck with people because narratively it makes such little sense. It's like. Ah! And maybe it's meant to tell kids that their horse can die at any moment. So yeah. be careful. Make sure you're feeding hay and apple. To be honest, and this is going to make me sound like a monster, if we're going to get horse sinking into a swamp and dying, we don't even get the moment that he goes under. You know, I want the you know the long face sticking right... Yeah, I want the bubbles coming out. That's what I want. And we didn't get that. And I think that's a real shame. Also, I think as society, since Bojack Horseman, we've moved on. We found cooler, sadder horses. <laughs> yeah. That are more like in line with our values. Bojack would step in and just immediately <laughs> plummet through. Like that would just be instant goner. So Atreyu does a little bit of crying here. And again, I guess it might be the strength of the actor that's not... I, I, I didn't... It didn't get me. I, I'm not a, yeah. an emotionless man, but it did, it did not... I wasn't sold on the death of this horse. I noticed in this country after I moved here in the horse meat scandal that generally people's hearts hardened a little bit to yeah. something that they've been unwittingly eating for so many years. Yeah. And I think that that is something that England will never get back. I've told you that I uh, was tempted to keep one of the Findus lasagnas that was quarantined, haven't I? When I worked at Asta. I know. And, yeah. and Sam, if you look on eBay now, I bet you're regretting it. <laughs> Pristine, still with horse, Findus lasagna. I know. I should. I should have taken one. It was a relic of a time, but I, I wasn't brave enough. So they're heading to the Shell Mountain to presumably fill up on petrol. Am I right? Thank you. Good night. Uh, no, because the, the horse is gone. No, they're looking for Mauler, the ancient one, who's a big fucking turtle. 
So here we go. Uh, now we're fucking tortoise, and they're a nihilist oh. as well. Worst thing, they're a sneezy nihilist. What a terrible combination of things for an ancient one. Yeah. Now Bastion, back in you know dusty old attic reading a book, he sees the big tortoise and screams. And that echoes You're so vividly written, Sam. That's why. right. You've ever screamed yeah. in a book? Come on, I, right? And that echoes in the world, right? And that's a, a, a plot point that, like, his emotions can kind of uh, are part of the world. But what I was just thinking was like, you can't really do jump scares in a book, can you? I don't know. I've not read many horror books. Maybe I should to try and see. I, I've not read many horror books either, but the few that I have read have usually, more, to quote Garth Marenghi, are more about the slow chill as opposed to the yeah, yeah. Ah! Ah, you know, I, mm. I don't know. I'm not saying that I, it couldn't happen, but I would think that there's a lack of immediacy because if you're trying to jump scare me, I'll just slow down how I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> yeah. or, I'll, or I'll speed it up really fast and then slow it down and keep going backwards and forwards. Maybe yes. I'll skip a page. You're not the boss of me, book. No, books are weak, man. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, a video game, that'll put manners on you quite quickly in terms of what content you will and will not access. Yes. Now, Mauler, <laughs> Mauler the Big Tortoise has been on his own for thousands of years, but is talking to himself and referring to himself as we. Like, Mauler's like a group, but I think because... Oh, I thought it's it like, was like... the the royal we that they were oh I, I thought it was like i've just gone mad from chatting to myself so now i just fully see myself as like two or more like a, gr- a group like it's a, i i am we are we it's basically the same reason why i can't do too many podcasts on my own because after a certain point i think that will happen yeah i don't want to i don't want to speed up any sort of a cognitive decline on my own part no and thankfully you don't sneeze out of your fucking eyes like this this the noise is horrible. It's just all No, Sam, gross. I sneeze with all my heart instead. <laughs> Thank you. Which makes me a very brave boy. Yeah. This tortoise basically is like, okay, in order to fix your fucking problems, you need to go and ask the Southern Oracle. But that's 10,000 miles away, and you're it's not... It's to the south, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, you're... Mm. and you're not the proclaimers, so you're not going to be able to walk even part of the way towards this and it's basically just like we think you should fucking forget it and give up you're a piece of shit atreyu your horse is dead you've got no chance get fucked bye a lot of these whimsical creatures are just various manifestations of anguish and apathy and angst yeah. and whatnot you know <laughs> just give up give up but we're kind of taken out of the story at this point by the school bell ring ding ding Bastion snaps out of the story, and it's all all dark and scary in the school because he's been there all day reading a boring old and book. And no one's went looking for him, it seems. No, not even his distant dad has like made any. No one's rung the dad or you know the kids. Yeah, kids it's, it's, you know he's. You think dad would care because you know with the only, all the other family gone, he is literally the last Bastion now <laughs> that he has. <laughs> He really is. And Bastion, like, he's like, hey, I'm just going to stay in school. I'm going to stay in school, but in a bad way, and sneak around and stay in this attic. And then, like, a scary wolf mask falls on him. (laughs) That's basically how I ended up in boarding school. I showed up and I was like, I'm going to stay here in a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) And he he does a big scream. And then we're back into the book. We're back in. And Atreyu is, like, trudging sadly through the sadness swamp. And, I mean... 
if we'd have given it five or ten more minutes, he'd have been down there hanging out with his dead horse, you know. But we don't give it five more minutes because here comes... <gasps> Who is this? It's the fucking dog dragon. The man. Just as the naughty Gamork was going to get Atreyu, Falcor, Falcor comes and saves the day. Now, I'm not going to lie, Sam. There are a few, you know, flattering elements to that comparison that was made. You could do a lot worse than Falcor, you know? That being said, when he smiles and goes, (laughs) it's very scary. Let's get into what happens with Falcor, because he he scoops up Atreyu, takes him away, and Atreyu wakes up sort of being cuddled by the massive dog dragon, like he's got him in his arms. This got Stanley's dander up, by the way, Falcor. Because he's got a standing ovation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 20 minutes. I, d- I don't know if I'm reading this the wrong way, or, and I'm sure many people have said this sort of thing. Like, is this dog dragon a little bit of a pervert? Because there's a... They're kind of leaving so soon. Yeah. And, like... I knew that he was <laughs> yeah. pure of heart in this in the purposes of this movie. I knew. Okay. And yet, my old teacher training... Like, when he was on screen, I opened up the door behind me. I was like, I just want to make sure, in case anything <laughs> happens, someone in the hallway... You know, yeah. I, I, had, uh, I, I was a five alarm safety hazard with this lad on the screen. He gave off, and I will use the word, bad vibes. These were bad vibes coming from Falcor. Bad here. vibes. Especially when Atreus like, hey, how did you know my name and what I'm trying to do? You were unconscious and uh, oh, oh, uh, you were talking oh, oh, in your sleep, oh, oh. I guess. <laughs> Look, you might come at me now on social media or in the dreaded comments and be mm. like, Falcor's cute. Falcor's nice to the death. Sure. All I'm saying is he has the look of a type of a monster that once you plunge the sword into his dark heart, he would go. <laughs> <laughs> he you know, does. Yeah. He, and he'd be like, ah, look, the mask slipped when we killed him. You know, and I think I think that if you kill Falcor, maybe it's not such a bad thing. <laughs> maybe not just don't take him to the swamp of sadness because it feels like he's too optimistic you need to take him to like i don't know fucking prison and have him have it arranged <laughs> that you'll get killed in the protective ward they'll put him in because he's famous you know he's he's considered a high risk yeah. uh, prisoner just something about when he's asking a trade to scratch behind his ear and the puppetry of his face and the kind of <laughs> just it is just um gross but, but I will say though, Sam, I think when you were being compared to and and ridden as Falcor, I don't think people were doing that with a view to casting an aspersion that no. you were somehow creepy and inappropriate. No, it's more I look like I looked like the dog dragon, not that I was a pervert. I think that I think, and, I, and I'll tell you what. Do you want know one way you could disprove it, Sam? Yeah, is when you smile and laugh, you light up a room. You don't make oh. me feel weird at all. So there you go. Oh. Take that unfair comparison. Thank you, Kevin. That means a lot. Good thing is Falcor. That's all right, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Falcor, to give him his credit, is fucking moving the plot along because he's like. I will take you to the Southern Oracle. It's just five minutes down the fucking road, mate. Uh, get on my back or whatever and I'll Fast take travel. you. We've only got 90 minutes. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And they go... There's a weird little Lord of the Rings-ass fucking cave nearby where they are. I don't even know what, where they're sort of Engie-wook and his wife. Uh, who, who, sorry? Engie-wook. Yes. 
Yes. And what I like about him is that he's like, I love science, scientific discoveries. I will use science to help. And the wife is like, well, sure, it's one of my potions that he'll be needing. I'm like, guys, potions and science are the same thing. Potions is is called chemistry. That's the most, like, Steve Brule thing you've said for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Potions is called chemistry. <laughs> Look, anything yeah. to get you through GCSE chemistry, I well, try once. Quite. They're really tiny. They're giving him all these weird potions and medicines. And then he's like, where's the Southern Oracle at, old man? Psst. You know, he wants he wants answers. Well, this, this old man is like an expert in the Southern Oracle, but he's not an expert in having all his teeth. And I'm allowed to say that now. He's barely got any of this guy. Yeah, but you've got most. I've got most, yeah. But I've not got all. You're like me, who's got extra teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give, give me some of your spares. Come on. Let me, let me have some of them. Look, I'm with everyone every step away with the chat about inequality that's going on in the world right now. But I will be retaining my extra teeth. I'm sorry. Peace and love. I'm Boo. sorry. I've simply too many teeth. Uh, the, right, there's... I've simply too much to chew. <laughs> okay very good very good now there's a i don't even know what the setup here is there's a gate that you need to fucking pass through to get to the next level the sphinx gate there's a little bit of sphinx voyeurism here because they're like he's so creepy because he's like oh if you if you go through the sphinx gate and you don't like believe in yourself and you Mm. don't you're full of courage and uh, self-belief you'll get fried immediately. It doesn't matter how strong your armor is. And he's like, look, there's one now. And this lad is basically like, if you set up your house with a telescope near, I don't know, a disreputable theme park and you're hoping for an accident to happen, this lad is so excited to see not entirely virtuous warriors meet their untimely demise. Well, I this is coming from someone who's watched a, a live stream of a frozen puddle and seeing people slip over back in the past. I, yeah, I'm, but I'm guilty people together yeah Sam. yeah but we do see this this lad who's not full of courage get absolutely murked trying to get through this uh sphinx gate here he's just d- destroyed by this the problem with this movie is that it starts introducing all these challenges like oh there's this gate here you have to go through with self-belief then later on you have to face your true self and that can drive many a man insane just yeah. finding out about the and i'm like look i'd, I'd be dead with the horse in the swamp of sadness <laughs> you know you you know i'm not going to get onto the dlc here lads you know look we mentioned at the start like in the priest world the idea of if there's anything for the dance here and i think all we got is these sphinxes because that you yeah. know they've got they, you know and i will say <laughs> as far as sphinxes go these were not particularly saucy sphinxes no they were decidedly unminxly sphinxes but if you were a dad and you were there and you were trying to get some out of this you'd be like well all right you know better than nothing i better- guess <laughs> That, that your dad saying that in my head yeah so you know. and it's for me it's your dad who i'm picturing as the dad from this film um, no i no that's you're not allowed to think of my dad like that he'd never do that to an egg with his eggs and orange juice my dad comes from the generation that thinks that a raw egg is basically like a hard shell with cancer inside he ain't touching a raw egg all right <laughs> Bastion, he, from behind the book, is shouting, Be confident! At Atreyu. Run now! Go through the thing! And he gets through, and he makes it. 
just in the nick of time. He's like he's through oh, uh, the confidence. Shout at your book now. Are you yeah. are you a shouter at a screen? Will you shout at a screen? Will you shout at a game that's frustrating you, or if you're really into something, will you go get in if something is very good on your screen? Well, this gives me an opportunity that I've been waiting for to talk to you about something. So sometimes, say there's a quiz show on telly, I will shout yeah. the answer. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. Some it came or, up, or Kevin. I'm assuming as well, Sam. Not to yeah. not to judge you preemptively, but if yeah, you're yeah. watching the wall with Danny Dyer, you'll say "drop it" along with him, right? Yeah. Whoa, drop, right. drop it. Yeah, drop yeah, yeah. it. But the, something I wanted to talk to you about. There's a program. There's a quiz show called The One Percent Club. Have you ever, have you ever watched this with Lee Mack not, as the no, host? I've not. Oh, the one and the only. The curry character <laughs> Lee is the one percent. Yes, and that's why I wanted to bring it up to you because this quiz show it involves a lot of lateral thinking, right? And the concept is every question is a question that a percentage of the British public should be able to get right. So you start off with ninety percent question, like ninety percent of people can get this question right, and then we go all the way down to the one percent, right? That's the nature of the quiz. But Lee Mac, and I've got a lot of time for Lee Mac, as you well know. Yes, due, due to my DVD collection. Yeah, you've got at least. A hundred minutes of time for Lee Mac, generally speaking. <laughs> and in, in this quiz, there were like a hundred people. that he's Lee's interacting with him. He's making quips the whole time. And he's a funny, witty guy, and he's making his Lee Mac jokes, all right? But <laughs> there was something that happened at the start of an episode recently that I want to talk to you about. It was a joke that Lee Mac made, and it was one of the most... It's like so funny to me, but for the wrong reasons. He, he said, let's find out who makes it to the end and who has their Uber on speed dial. I mean, who, who has their Uber Fuck. on speed dial? Wow. Imagine that. Has Lee, are he basically Mac has out himself as having never taken an Uber. Is that it? Or never questioned the writers? Or I don't know if he's writing any of these jokes, but who has that I Uber on speed I didn't think he could dial? fall in my esteem and estimation, yet here we it's, are. I loved it so much because it feels like a joke written for people who've heard of Uber but have never, ever taken an Uber. Oh, I was just, I kept having to go back and watch it again. It was just you my favourite. It strikes thing me I as like kind of a, a joke you'd get from like 2014 where like any gag would happen and someone would go, there's a tweet for you and <laughs> I don't know what it is yeah you don't know what it is but you've seen it in the Daily Mail so you're like oh yeah yay Uber I know that I've heard of that uh, we don't get that hang on a second parts. now I'm just going to check my Uber's on no my Uber's not on speed dial but is... I'm just going to write now Uber <laughs> my Uber phone number <laughs> surprisingly hard to get to Rider's support is all I'm, I'm getting here. Yes. Is that what he meant? But put that on speed Who's dial. Who's got their rider's support uh, for Uber on speed dial? Because in case when they're leaving, there's confusion because all the audience coming at the same time yeah. that their their driver might need to to. It's 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 actually the number is literally just a, a an exchange though to digitally connect you to your driver. So it's not really a number for Uber. It's a number that Uber uses to connect you to other drivers. Does. Speed dial still exist. I don't even know if speed dial is a thing. Like, all right, that. I'm going to hold down the number one on my phone right now and see let's what see happens. what happens. Okay. Oh yeah, it's ringing voicemail. Okay. Two. Ah yeah, I can. It says here the two key is not assigned a number for speed dial. Assign one now. Yes. 
Uber. <laughs> Uber number. <laughs> so, Sam, when I go on the 1%, watch out, Lee Mac. Someone's got an answer for your hot button quip. So there you go. I just, I, I all day wanted to bring that up with you, and I'm glad we had an opportunity. So, we've been through the confidence gate, but now we're getting to the worst gate of all. The one where you got to look at yourself, mate. you got to have a fucking right look in the mirror and... Uh, Take a fucking look at yourself, yeah? As if a little fucking child, Mm. a little child is going to be like, oh, yeah, self-reflection, my (laughs) real self. For fuck, come on. The only self-reflection they'll have is how much sugar have I got? (laughs) Like, you know, that's that's it. Like, oh, wow, I have more sugar than I thought I did. I still want more. But when when Atreyu looks in the magic mirror and sees Bastion, Bastion, back in the attic, is like, he closes the book, throws it away, and is like, this has simply gone too far. Like, I'm not having this. This is silly. I'm all about multimedia and, and mixed materials in my literature. Yeah. But putting the mirror in the book this late in was very distressing. I yes. didn't like it. It's appropriate for Time magazine, but not this novel. <laughs> But then immediately he goes back into it. Sam, if you and I were to face our true selves, I feel like we'd mm. just be battling with some lads who've got slightly lower voices than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm actually, I'm your true self, and uh, welcome to Cinema Swirl. No, I think the Sam from 2014, episode one of Cinema Swirl, would see me yeah. now and be like, oh, who's who's this? Who's, who's, who's this guy? This guy? <laughs> I don't. How come you? How come you seen so many movies? <laughs> <laughs> but now that Atreyu has confronted his true self, and his true self is a little boy in the a completely different world, we see the Southern Oracle, and Which they looked very similar to the Sphinx statues. Is that just me? Yeah, just a palette swap, mate. Just make them blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it very, very disappointing this late in the game that we're getting a recycled boss, but hey, there you go. wait a like, minute. Yeah, it's real Super Mario Bowser's fury of a uh, character here, but I, I like you it. Heard you heard us, know? Nintendo. You yeah. heard us. No, I, look, I enjoyed it. Yeah, let's do it four more times. <laughs> the, um, now, typically the emperor needs new clothes, but this empress needs new name, and uh, it's not going to be a name that everyone... <laughs> I t- I, I love this. This was so fucking silly because yeah. they're initially like, I think it was like they were doing dream logic because it's like, wait, no one can name her. Why? And like, uh, no one knows. Why does no one know? Oh, that answer is lost long ago. <laughs> like, it's proper like parents reading the bedtime story being like, shut up and go to bed now. Yeah. All right, we're, we're finishing up now. But okay? why? <laughs> but why did the Empress do- I don't. I don't know. Nobody from Fantasia. Is the bureaucracy in Fantasia that bad that a simple name change has somehow thrown a spanner in the works? Good lord. Wait till you go down to the DWP. We need to find the ancient deed pole and use it to change the name. (laughs) No, nobody from Fantasia can name the Empress. Only a human child may do this. And so they've got to find. Uh, Guys, uh, may you got any more of that mirror left for a young boy here? Got a got a bit of a whiff of the human about him, if you don't mind me saying so. And now we get Adventure Time with Falcor. We're kind of flying around trying to find the the edge of Fantasia. Human child. 
with some fun music. Yeah, and he's, he's having a bit too much fun here, isn't he? Because mm. it's like, this is very serious. Like, the world is literally ending around and the nothingness is consuming. Yay! Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it's just, you know, like, it's, a, it's a real hoop. The setting of what's happening, the responsibilities that you've been given, and the fact that you're riding, let's honest, you're riding a giant red flag there, little boy. <laughs> no one should be cheering this. No one should be cheering yeah. at all. Clifford the big red flag, this guy. <laughs> He's like... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as they're flying around, uh, Bastion, back at home, well, not at home, at fucking school in an attic, has been like, my my mom had such a wonderful name. I, I would... I'd want a name. I'd give my mom... I miss my mom. It's, you know, aww. So Shout out the book. You've done it enough already. Come on, what's a little <laughs> yeah, more? Shout the name. But he doesn't Why? do it. At some point, Atreyu is knocked off Falcor. Sorry, he gets knocked off. Fal- he's not like knocked off Falcor. He gets knocked off Falcor. And this was upsetting to me because the yeah. music when he's riding it was always way better than all the other music in the movie. So yeah. like, get, get back, back on. on the pervert, little boy. I yeah. want to hear the banger again. It's like being in a car in GTA. You know, you get all the cool radio stations. As soon as you're yes. out, you just, it's got street ambience. And that's not what we want. Oh, no. I don't want to hear the sea of possibilities. <laughs> Washes up on the beach of the Sea of Possibilities. He's lost his magic necklace that had a name, but I can't remember it. That oh, that is that is Oren. Sorry, Oren. Oh yes. And in this weird little beach place that he is, he comes across the big rock boy from the start. The the rock biter. Oh, he's rock here. Biter. Yes, and he's really sad, being like, oh fucking hell, like everyone's been destroyed by the nothing and. I've got really strong hands, but they just put, they pulled my friends out of my hands and I, just, I couldn't do anything. And the nothing is the never ending story. <laughs> I've got nothing left. There's nothing left. Never just... ending story. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking, I'll sit here and I'll let the nothingness take me, please. I like how yeah. in his despair he became more and more northern with each <laughs> passing moment. Well, I guess that's just where where I go when I'm feeling uh, despairing. This weird place has got murals of all of the adventures so far. Like we see drawings of the shit that's happened, man. That would. But do we see drawings of the stuff that we didn't hear about and see that we got summarized quickly at the start? If you went to a beach and then there was like some ruins and you went in and it had like paintings of your like last couple of weeks. That would be that would freak you the fuck out, wouldn't it? You just saw oh, yeah. what you've been up to. Like someone's been painting that, and they know. Ugh, gross. I mean, apparently that is the new app that's coming out <laughs> after Be Real has flopped. There's this new one where they will once every four weeks they'll put a mural of you <laughs> in some ancient ruins. They got a hundred million dollar backing. Yeah, fair play to him. Speaking future, of gross, future Gamork is here. Ah, uh, sure, there he is, Gamork. And they do like a slow zoom on Gamork, so you can just see how kind of gross and made of like string and meat he is. He's, he's he is. He's gross. made of a, of string and stew meat. This lad. He's yeah. a lot more explainy than I thought he'd be. Yeah, he's just like right higher. Don't get close to me. I will bite you. <laughs> Fantasia has no boundaries. This is all just fucking human fantasy, man. We're in the Matrix. 
and I'm in the pocket of big nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an agent of nothing. He's, he's Agent Smith, essentially. We're all made of dreams. I mean, the, the wolf at some point sounds like he's high as fuck, basically, just being like, oh, come yeah. on, man. Like, we're, <laughs> Mad I, we eyes are, out of it, everything. We are dream people. The nothingness is a manifestation of lost hope, man. And if we can just combat lost hope, maybe we could do something. And so he seems I, quite... I'll counter that Gamora can say that yeah. you need to replace that with something else. Can't just <laughs> yeah. combat it. But Gamork quite nicely explains everything, really, but just looks gross. And then gets into a fight with Atreyu and... Oh, uh, call it a fight. He falls well, just on get, his sword. Yeah, just gets stabbed immediately. I've um, seen Yakuza who've dishonoured their clan go down <laughs> with more of a fight than this. Jesus Christ. And much like me, after a lovely takeaway dinner, a big wind has come in because there's some... There's... There's a gust, and it's just blowing everything away. Very um, good. And it's 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 the nothing. The nothing is coming to take everyone away. Well, it's not nothing, is it? Wind is something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is something. Come it's, on, let's hear it for wind, everyone. In my case, it's really something. But Falcor, the Luck Dragon, is here. Cutting it fine. Yeah, quickly to save the day. The, the, everything's like fucking there's like nothing left there's like little bits of rocks and stuff and space but the fucking ivory tower is still here mate because the one percent of the one percent yeah. club in yeah. their ivory Real towers sure. lee mack david cameron and all the rest with their trotters up in their ivory tower yeah. they're still there Brick. Uh, yeah and you know you know what as well it just showed that notions of superiority will survive any apocalypse yeah it'll just be notions of superiority cockroaches and subway meat that's all that'll be left i do like when they get there that falcor's like all curled up at the bottom like a little doggy would he's just like i'm at the bottom of the stairs i'm waiting and i mean this it's all kind of wrapping up pretty quickly here we meet the poorly empress who's like, I'm really sick. And Atreus like, oh. She's a little girl as a well. Little girl. What? Yeah. What? Atreus like, I've failed you. I haven't haven't brought an earthling child with me. Earthling? And, <laughs> and she's like, no, you, you have, mate. You have. You, you've had him with you the whole time. And he's like, Let's kid, kidnap that boy. My fucking horse died. I nearly drowned. Uh, people have been ruminating on the nature of hopelessness in front of me. A tortoise sneezed on me. And for what? And she's like, no, no, no. Right. Look, there's a little boy and he has been here with you the whole time. He even brought like a sound. He had a packed lunch at one point. Like he's been here for the whole day. Like he's, he's done. Can, the can whole I talk thing. about that packed lunch as well? Because we yeah. cut back to Bastion three or four times in this bit. And that boy is basically mainlining apples. He is fucking. You want to talk about the nothing? That lad's coming for all the apples. <laughs> But at this point, it sort of descends into, like, the book is directly communicating with Bastion here. I struggled with this part here. This was a gauntlet of obnoxious, shy child acting. It had three three different versions of it. And I noticed as well with Atreyu that the more highly strung he gets, the more Protestant he sounds. Where yeah. we simply have to save the boy! Oh, God, <laughs> No, I'm gonna come and put all the ketchup in the fridge. But Stop with <laughs> with everyone screaming at him, being like, "You've got to name, you've got to say the new name." Bastion is like, "Oh, come on, this is only a story. It's not real. Like this is, oh, give over. This is, this can't be real. Come on, mate, it's the final act. Like you know go what? On. 
you were shouting at the book five minutes ago. And I'm like, please call my name. And the name he goes for, which presumably is the name of his mum, is... Uh, do you want to take this one, Kevin? Moonchild! Moonchild! We've heard a lot about Moonchild in NXT. He is one of the fastest <laughs> up-and-comers. Wait till you see his Lunarplex. Is Bastion, like, Frank Zappa's grandson or something? Because, like, that's like a f- Moonchild. I, Moonchild. I thought, like... I know absolutely nothing about it. I thought, was it like a Native American thing again, possibly? Oh, okay, like, maybe. That, that maybe? I don't know. Okay. But Moonchild <laughs> is the name, and I loved him screaming at the top of his lungs because I was expecting someone to go, you'd be reading books again. Stop us. Like, you know, it's a slippery slope. Kid starts reading, screaming the next minute, yeah. bellowing out the window. When it's raining as well, it's going to be all wet in there. Yeah, and... I'm going to say it, Kevin. Once we have the big naming ceremony and he shouts the name, things get a tiny bit Lynchian in that now we just just have Bastion and this Empress in a kind of almost like uh, Kubrickian as well. We have them. You can't say Kubrickian and Lynchian. Kubrickian and Lynchian. I told you, you at home, when you sent that email, you've (laughs) unleashed such a thing now yeah look i know it's a great mouthfeel but we need to temper the use of kubrickian because you could use it for everything what would be chaplinian no chaplinian mahonian (laughs) mahonian sounds like oh that sounds mahonian Mahonian. it's real that's too tricky mahonian sounds like a dark age that we all have to work through and get (laughs) into the side like through the mahonian age like <laughs> culture went backwards during yeah. the Mahonian era. Like you know, I do love that he's there with the Empress and she's yeah. like one grain of sand is all that remains of my vast empire. What are you, Queen Victoria? Because hey! um, of the diminished power, soft yeah. and otherwise of uh, of England, you know, on the world stage, on the world stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, big picture stuff. So at this point, in their kind of Kubrickian, Lynchian void, she's offering him, like, I'll just give you some wishes. You can just have oh, cool. wishes now. And that will and make... Like, f- first wish? Huh? First wish? Well, for... <sighs> and, like, dead mum's waiting in the wings, be like, don't worry. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. No, I've got my shoes. I've got my shoes. What's your first wish? Hmm? Any, anyone you'd like to see again? Hmm? Anyone you want to, you know, bring back? Or... So Dead Mum just like fuck's sake, he's he's oh, riding the big perf. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, he'll get out of his system like three days later. All the bodies are dead! I'm gonna get my swim coach next! And then my fucking dad! Stop trying to get me to eat arms juice and raw eggs! Incredible. It's basically the scene in Alan Partridge where he's describing, like, attacking anyone in an Apache helicopter <laughs> and burst into a big ball of flames at the end. This is demented. It's like the bit in They Live where Roddy just goes around killing everyone. This is the ultimate evil, dark-sided power fantasy for this little boy. He yeah. wants to ride a pervert and kill all his enemies. Well... You know, he makes the bullies get in the bin. And the Falcor's like, (laughs) (laughs) Falcor, bringer of death. (laughs) He's loving it. God, leave America alone. And the narrator is like, oh, there were more. They had more adventures, but that's 
another story. Presumably, because one ending as well, or is it never ending? Those stories are too harrowing to tell of like the power going to Bastion's head. Did you get the vibe that this was like a different ending and then like they got feedback from a test screening or whatever and they're like, oh no, no, we need we need the ultimate power fantasy at the end. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. I mean, the film definitely... It was abrupt. It was, you know what, for the never ending story, it kind of just fucking ended, didn't it? It just kind of... Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Did I, I would say, Sam, they yeah. didn't stick the landing. I think they lost me a bit with the, uh, with the ending. Entertaining <laughs> as it was, I don't know if that was like... The nice, like, bring the book back. Yeah. To, you know, <laughs> come on. Oh, yeah. Like, what happens with that guy? What happens yeah. with the dad? Yeah. I mean, maybe they were setting up for a sequel. And I think there is a oh, sequel. Oh, there are. Okay. There are uh, two sequels. Oh, no. Do, do they have any of the original boys or anyone? There is some original cast members. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the quality of those movies, I think it's probably more likely they'll be behind a paywall than they'll be here in the main feed. Sure. That being said, it seems like you've had a very good time with this movie, so I think sequels may be warranted. Yeah, I did have a good time with it. It was it was a, it was a bit of fun. Hmm. How much though? Because like for me, I think Princess Bride is the most recent movie to compare it to yeah same level of enjoyment more less if it's an unfair comparison Uh, by all means i wash my hands of it similar i think they were along similar lines like this is well i didn't cry at the horse thing like we both kind of didn't really get on board with the dead horse no but i'd be lying if i said this movie was meant for a couple of lads in their 30s is it no but it it, <laughs> it, it it was it maybe wasn't the best film ever but it was a it was a really fun watch like it's fun to watch and you could this see and... why it was such a, a super important movie for so many kids growing up and all that this is like yes this is very much going to imprint on a young mind for sure I, I could see the magic of it you know what i was thinking and uh, to be honest what i was told i've not seen labyrinth and I, I don't think these are the same thing, but I think they're similar things. And maybe yeah. at some point down the line, maybe sooner yeah. rather than later, I should watch that as well. Because like, Oh, that's a very good shout indeed. Yeah. I think a, a, a labyrinthian adventure mm. would be one that we'd have a lot of fun with. But I think it's like, say, say this was a thumbs up from you, though. Like, I don't, one thing we didn't talk about maybe that you said you were excited about, yeah. but you didn't really comment much on was okay. the practical effects, the monsters, the goblins oh. and ghouls, etc. How did that stack up for you? Was it a winner? Was it, is it fun? It, Would you yes. want more of this? So what I, I, I think what I liked most was the sort of puppetry of the big characters. So Falcor, yes. Rockbiter, just that real, like, the, the mouth movement that's like, uh, like, really sort of chewy and three weird. people just on the yeah. eyebrow line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's it a lot of fun to watch. And that really helped with kind of selling the feeling of this film. Which is kind of a dreamlike, trippy sort of vibe. Would little boy Sam have gelled with this, do you think? If you saw this when I did, when I was like kind of, you know, seven or eight or whatever it was. Mum, I want to be a warrior and ride a pervert. <laughs> I'm going to go read all the books. <laughs> maybe, yeah, probably, maybe. It's sort of hard to tell, isn't it? Like now with such... Mm. With such distance from little Sam, but I think he'd have got on board with this. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, in that case, 
The never-ending podcast, inexplicably, is coming to uh, something of a conclusion. This is uh, false advertising on our part, and I would just say, do not report us to the podcast ombudsman because podcast ombudsman is not a position that currently exists. And if it does, I'll be putting my name forward. Yes, I know a hat that will be going into that ring. I I, I will disregard your queries and comments. (laughs) So, Sam... Let's uh, send off this never-ending story, and if you don't mind, your star wipe rating as well, please. Okay. It was a fun watch. It was pretty enjoyable. The music was fun. The effects were fun. I've got no strong desire to revisit it necessarily. Okay. I've got look, I've got a star wipe rating in my head, and I feel like it might maybe contradict some other things I've thought and said, but that rating is really sick, sitting there in my head. And in the spirit okay. of the never-ending story, you see what's in your head, and you just yeah, shout no, that's it out. It. Head, head, head over heart. That is the, the <laughs> message of the never-ending story. <laughs> it's about pragmatism, like Dad said. I'm going to let this podcast end with a solid, a, a good... Three star wipes. You heard it here first. Sam, put this on a loop so the podcast never ends. Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swell on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.